What up, Wolves? It's Don Chenz. You're about to listen to my interview with Matt Lockerman, owner of the Philadelphia streetwear brand All Play No Work. And he has a new fall collection coming out, and I have a quick little ad read for that for you guys. All Play No Work's fall 2019 collection, titled Infinite Drift, is set to drop at P's and Q's in Philly on September 20th from 6 to 9 p.m. The line consists of a hoodie, crew neck sweatshirt, hand-printed cargo pants, tees, long sleeves, and hats. Graphics include a mix of imagery from nature set in cyberpunk aesthetic. The theme of the collection draws on the question of how much are we really in control, and if giving up control, in fact, gives us more freedom. So this stuff looks good. Check out. I'll have all the links in the show notes and drop September 20th, Friday. Check it out. Buy it. Support local business and enjoy the interview. And what up, Wolves? It is Don Chenz. I am still in Philly, and I have a new person I'm speaking with, Matt Lockerman. I'm saying it right? That's correct. And he is the owner of, is it All Play or All Play No Work? What's like the official name? The official name is All Play No Work, but we've been going by All Play just because it's easier to say. Yeah. So it's usually... All work, no play, right? Is that what it is? What's the saying actually usually? It's I think it could it? go either way. All play, no work, or all work and no play. Yeah. So where the idea for that come? The idea from that came actually from like growing up. One of my friend's dads used to say that to us like when we were like teenagers running out the door. You know, like he was like a uh, Iranian Polish immigrant. So he had that like, you know, immigrant parent like first generation uh sort of mentality like if you're not in school or like you know trying studying or like doing something that was like structured it was just like you're wasting your time you're playing too much so that was kind of like a mentality that we had like growing up as kids um just like you know rebelling and doing that dumb shit (laughs) (laughs) uh so what led you to start how old are you when you started it so i started this in 2017 so i was basically 30 years old oh so that was that recently huh so yeah, what were you that doing before that um so i was working at a big defense contract contractor um so i guess like to back it up i went to school i went to school for penn state at penn state for mechanical engineering i got an engineering degree i uh we have a doggy here by the way yeah for people this is penny penny's awesome get to see her um, she's a golden retriever. She's three years old. Um, but uh, I went to school for engineering. I got out of school, uh, moved down to DC, was working and doing like mechanical design. We were like working on like submarines. It sounds a lot cooler than it actually was, but um, I got out of that, moved up back up to Philly, um, was doing more like project management for the same company. And so right around that time, um, I started this this company. And so like at the time I was feeling pretty lost. I was just like looking around at, it's just going to bother you. Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to think like, yeah, it might be flat. Like looking at it. <laughs> Puppy. Penny. So I'll go back, rewind it. Uh, yeah, so just keep going. At, at the time I was feeling pretty lost. Um, just looking at the people around me uh, at the company I was at and just like the people who were in higher positions and like executives and everyone that was working there just looked miserable. They were just like constantly on their phone. Yes. (laughs) They never had time to hang out with their families. And like when I started working and 
like I started working back in 2008, 2009. So there was like the recession hit and then that second one hit. And I just saw people who were like, you know, really good at their jobs and like uh, held value within the company, just like get let, let go for, for like really no reasons. And so it's like, if you're going to be putting in that much time and like sacrificing different moments of your life and like, especially time and things that are important, like family, um, like what's, what's the point? And so I kind of was looking around and just like looking at, like asking myself, like, really, this is it. Like you can just keep on working hard and like work your way up the company and you can make a little more money. But like at the end of the day, like what is that really worth it sort of thing? And so I started thinking to myself, like what I actually wanted and like taking time to really ask that question and figure that out. And so like growing up, I was just, remembered specific times where uh like i was very involved in the arts and like drawing and painting music that was like a a very um like huge part of my childhood and it was just something that just like kind of got lost or like something i suppressed for a, a long period of time just because just like different things got you know come in the way like life job working you know school and so that was something like i remember like was like a very happy or had very happy moments in my childhood. So, um, you know, I, know I, I figured out I wanted to do something very creative and, uh, get back to that. And so like, that's where the clothing brand came into play. Um, and there was this, this, I guess, moment that, that triggered it, uh, to like really motivate me to actually start it. I went back to, uh, South Korea where I was born. Um, I was adopted as a baby, so I hadn't been there. And I took a trip back in 2016. And so just like being out there, like feeling the vibe of just the people, the country, like being somewhere where like I was born, but really had no connection to. So like reconnecting to that, um, I just felt inspired to like start something. And that kind of gave me like the jump start that I needed. That's cool. I think it's interesting, like how you were saying the thing about working and you're like, is this really it? Like, do I freak out about that? I just, I literally sit at work freaking yeah. out about that. Just I also think people it. don't recognize their value, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like they're just sitting there kind of, and like you said, like you're just waiting to get your promotion and your next raise or doing whatever. And you're kind of just like, oh, you're just assuming, oh, this is it, which is kind of what you said. You know, yeah. people don't realize, like, I don't know. That's why I want to do this stuff. You know, it's like, I, I think I have more value. I could do more. I can, I don't know. I I think that we were kind of just given this framework, you know, from our, not to just like, I'm not like bashing or blaming like our parents' generation, but I think it was just like the perspective that they had. It's like, that's what kind of like we were conditioned to do was, hey, you're going to do good in school. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a job out of school. You're going to, you know, have the same job for 30 years. You're going to work your way up and just like smile and be, take it and be happy about it. you know, and like, and maybe you'll have enough fortune to like save up a little bit of money and like be able to retire one day. Yeah, buy a house, have a family. Yeah, do that. Move out to the suburbs, like do your thing. And so I think like a lot of people that are our age are starting to realize like, okay, maybe this isn't the best model for me. For some people like that, it's, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. It is cool. For some people it's like, you don't have to do that. Yeah, exactly. I think there's like this new wave also of like, I think there's like sort of like this small percentage of people that like figure out a way to do something that they really love and they get paid for it and they can live off of that. And then there's this big chunk in the middle of people where it's like, all right, I'm going to have to do a couple things. I'm going to have to work 
maybe part-time, maybe even full-time kind of like how we're doing like work full-time, but on the side, I'm also doing the, trying to build this thing that like, uh, I'm like very passionate about. And so I think there's no right or wrong, but I think it's like, I think having this like outlet for people, especially cause like you could, you could be at a company for say 20 years. And then afterwards, like, what are you going to do for the, like, say you retire at 70, like you still have maybe 30 years of your life. Like, what are you going to do? And so it's like, I think like having this realization that like you, you have this opportunity to start to build something now, maybe it's not sustaining like your lifestyle or like paying the bills, but at least like you're starting to build the framework and like, like build the foundation to like be able to do something like down the road that you like really actually love and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. Like the, after your career's over, it gives you like something to keep pushing for. Yeah, man. Do you, um, so when you started, you said you were 30 when you decided to make the leap. Did you, so did you just cold Turkey, quit your job and just go full, like I'm an entrepreneur now and that's it. Or were you trying to work full time while doing it on the side for a while? Like how did it? Yeah. Like, so that wasn't really an option for me. Cause it, just cause I was older, I had a wife and like a house and like, we were about to have a kid and stuff that, like that. That. Make, that makes it so much harder. Like that's yeah. the other thing. That's, I think why a lot of people, it's like the cool thing to do now in your twenties too. It's like trendy, uh, but probably I think part of it's because people recognize that once you have more responsibility, like I have no responsibilities to anybody but yeah. myself. So it's a little more easy. It's a little easier for me <laughs> to be like, Hey, I'm just going to do something that might not be the smartest idea on paper yeah. because it only affects me. But if you say you're starting a family, you might have a kid, you have a house, like that's way more you have to put at risk, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's like, I don't think that should like deter people from doing it. It's just, you have to manage your time a little bit differently. And um, I think especially just like, from my perspective, like having that other stream of revenue to like pay the bills, make sure you have food on the table, like make sure like your lifestyle isn't like, um, like, like you like, you want to be able to like buy a girl like a dinner or something like go out to dinner. So like buy your kid a toy or something like that, you know, like, so like having that stream of revenue to be able to do that. And then also it takes off the pressure a little bit when you're trying to build like a business from scratch, because we all know like the probabilities of the business succeeding, especially the first time is, is pretty low and, and with all the competition and all the, like the environmental factors out here. But, uh, I think like kind of what I was alluding to before is like, if you're like younger and you want to like try something like, you know, go do that. But there's also like, you don't have to like feel like you have to go in a hundred percent. Like you can do side jobs to support, and siphon money into the passion project that you have. I think like there's kind of like a stigma where it's like either you're a hundred percent an entrepreneur, you're never going to like work for a company and like have a boss and whatnot because I'm an entrepreneur, which is kind of like the cool thing right now. But then it's also, it's just like, if you want to be realistic, there's a whole bunch of people out there doing this too, where they're working, uh, you know, either a nine to five or like a part-time job to help them sustain, you know, the thing that they actually like doing. To be honest, I want to say that's like Shark Tank's fault. Yeah. Shark Tank, they're always like, well, you, well, do you have other commitments? Like, oh, yeah, I do this job. Like, you're not committed. I'm out. <laughs> that's yeah, like exactly. what always happens. Like, you're not all in? Like, oh, forget this. I'm not investing. Well, the people on Shark Tank have scaled to a certain point, too, right? They probably, like, a lot of those people come in, they're just like, oh, yeah, we got a million dollars in sales. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, before that, that took like three years to get to, four or five years to get to that point. And it's like they were probably working like their normal job and doing that at the same time. It's just that they're at a point now where they can like quit their job because they need to scale up. Right. And so I think, yeah, like you said, like TV and like 
books and even some podcasts out there like romanticize this whole like quit your job and like Gary V. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gary, I love exactly. Gary V, but Gary, that but he's Gary honest about it though. Yeah, he is. He's kind of like this isn't for everybody. Like right. let's not pretend, you know. Yeah. So when do you think is the right? Like if you start doing it and you're doing it while working full time, because that's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing this while working full time. Like, how do you know when's the right time to be like, I need to go all in? Like, like, how do you think somebody comes to that decision? Because either way, whenever someone does make that decision, I feel like it's never like, all right, like it's like still on paper at that moment. It's still not the right decision to Mm. make. So it's like, how does someone know? that that's it's worth doing yeah do you think it's a tough. gut thing or do you think yeah. it's like the the numbers work if you're running a business like our our numbers just make sense or do you think it's like yo i just have this gut feeling like we have the momentum i think if you get some yeah if there's momentum and you get some sort of like affirmations the market's always going to tell you i think whether or not it's a good idea like if people if if you're trying things, you're not getting any traction and say it's two, three years, something like that. Maybe it's like time to pivot or move on to something different. And, and if, you know, things are going well, things are growing, like people are starting to recognize what you're doing and, and you're getting some like positive feedback from it. Uh, I think, I guess I think you have to have like a vision of like a long-term vision also of like where you want to take whatever you're doing. And I think it's a personal choice Cause it all comes down to like, how much risk are you willing to take on? I, f- I feel like part of it too, though, is like, if you're trying to do it while balancing other things, you're in theory, not putting your all into it. Like you can't, like you can't for whatever other responsibilities you have. So sometimes I feel like I would get to that point where I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe it's not working out as well as it could because I'm not, oh, all you're in. not putting as much energy because you know? so, you're like, focused on other areas yeah it's right. a tough one i think it's like if you're able to take that risk i think that i think you have to realize i think people have to like realize like how much com- like how comfortable they are with risk so if you're very comfortable you know maybe not knowing where your next meal is you just quit and do your thing and if you're cool with that and like feel like you can survive and, and feel and if you comfortable don't have to feed a kid or yeah and if you're not to feed a kid and stuff like that right so it's like i think it all depends on like yeah, the the personal situation and like how much risk they're able to to kind of live with. Like I guess it makes it almost easier to decide when you have to like make sure you're providing for other people because it's like there's a very financial like tangible thing where it's like all right, like the mortgage is this much a month, like food is this much a month, like diapers are this much a month and it's like if the business ain't bringing that in, like I'm not quitting. But like if you're really just like trying to like survive on your own, like you are, it's like, it's, that's more of a personal question. I think when it's like that, where it's like, all right, if I go all in and I lose everything, like, am I okay with that? Like, is this thing worth it? How much plan to be able to live with it? When you started, we were kind of talking about, talking about it before we started recording, like how long before you started, like, did you, kind of put into like the preparation process or the planning of it like did you kind of like oh i'm going to create like a oh i have a business model and like all this and figure out some numbers or were you kind of just like i have this idea i'm just going to start doing it yeah it's kind of funny you ask that because i had just finished business school i think like right when i started this and so that was like 
put the business model together and the business plan. And like, I even had like a template for it just cause I was straight out of school. And so I was talking to a friend, uh, he'd be a good person to talk to, to, uh, his name is Francesco Real. He was a guy I met in school. He started a, uh, um, like a suit custom suiting company. It's called Moda Matters. It's based out of Philadelphia. Um, they're opening up a shop actually in January, uh, up kind of where you're staying in Fishtown. And he started his company while we were in school. And at the time, I think he was like thinking about like making the jump from his full-time job to this, uh, to Moda Matters, his company. And so I sat down with him. I was like, look, man, I got this idea. Like I'm, uh, I want to start this clothing brand. Like, like, should I be worrying about like setting up the business and the LLC and like doing all the uh, like business planning and, and stuff around it and strategy? And he's like, no, 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 no. Just make something first. Just go out, make it, see if you can sell it. Like go through that process of like making something like going from idea to actual tangible product to putting it online and actually like going to sell it sort of thing. And then it's like, once you figure that sort of thing out, you feel comfortable with it, then start to think about like, what is branding? Like, what is, you know, where's the financing going to come from? Like what's kind of like the strategy behind everything. So it was like kind of test it out first. It's almost like a proof of concept. Yeah, I guess, absolutely. Um, and, so then when you did that, did you, so you created all the designs and stuff yourself and were you creating it yourself or were you finding like a screen print shop or like local businesses? Yeah. Or something yeah. To the first, uh, the first product actually I had like an idea for was like this embroidered, uh, it was like a sweatshirt. But at the time I just was like, let me just simple it down and like do a t-shirt. Um, the thing was like the embroidery that I wanted to use was, uh, what I found out was like not done by machine. It was like hand stitched. So I was trying to actually like find people like on like, Etsy and like different other platforms to like do this hand stitch for me. I couldn't find anybody that would do it, especially in this area or people that had time for it. And so, um, I actually reached out to a bunch of different like embroidery shops in Philadelphia and Jersey and like, nobody wanted to do this thing. So I actually like had to like make a decision. It was like, do I just like go to a normal embroidery shop and just get this design done? Like basically anybody can walk in and get it done. Or am I going to like stick my guns and like, do this hand embroidery. So I basically learned how to like hand embroider these shirts. And so like the first batch was actually like I did by hand, like just like sitting at my like kitchen counter at the time. And so that was a learning process because it used to take me like three hours to make a shirt or something like that. And I was like pricing it at like $40, which was like <laughs> super way underpriced, but it was kind of just like, all right, like when you first start something, you don't know how much like something's worth or like your, you just think it's like trash. So it's like, oh, like you kind of undervalue like what you're doing. Like looking back in it now, like I probably charge like 120, 150 dollars for that sort of buy shirt. It then if you charge you know? that much, yeah. See, that's the question. So then, it, then you start to it's the chicken for the egg sort of thing where it's like if you have the right marketing and the right branding, maybe somebody would buy that for 150 dollars. Um, but you know, just starting out, not really knowing that whole process, how that game works, it was kind of like hey, this kind of feels right. Like somebody would buy a 40 dollar t shirt. Um, and so I learned quick that it doesn't really matter what product you have. If people don't know the story or like don't know who you are or have another reason to buy it, they're just not going to buy it. Like you could have the coolest product, like people are just not going to buy it. So then it was like learning the whole like online marketing game, like having to, you know, 
use something else to be able to tell the story, whether that's, you know, photography, whether that's film or like uh, videography, whether that's in like live experiences. Um, that was just something like I had to learn, like the marketing is almost as important, if not more important than the product itself. Is that frustrating though? Cause you kind of said you came at it from, I mean, you had a business background, yeah. but you also like, you're like, Oh, I like the creative part of it. So is it kind of a frustrating when you put all this creativity behind something, but then it's like not enough. Like now I got to do this other thing just to convince you to get it where it's still the same product. No matter how I mark if, if I tell you it's this or I tell you that, like no matter what I say at the end of the day, you're buying the same thing. I think it's, I think it's just part of the game now. I think because things are so accessible, like it's kind of like companies that always say we want a quality product with like great customer service. And it's like, if you, if you don't have that, then nobody's going to go to you. Right. So like that becomes the baseline. And so now it's like, you have to have a quality product and like the design's got to be dope, like from a clothing perspective. And, uh, and so that's every clothing brand. And so what well, the only thing that's like going to be able, you're going to be able to differentiate yourself is like how well you can tell the story and, and market this item. And so instead of looking at it that way, it kind of like changed my perspective of like, okay, this is just like doing a photo shoot or creating a lookbook or, uh, you know, designing the, uh, experience like at say like a pop-up shop or something like that. That's just another way to create and be creative. And so like when you frame it in that direction, it's kind of like, Hey, this is all just one big opportunity to, you know, you know, create cool things. So you said live experiences a few times. So have you been doing that? Yeah. So this, I, we, we just dropped a, a summer spring collection back in April and it was all based around this like conceptual art project. I grab that puppy. Hey, let's see it. Penny's still a good girl. <laughs> see what are you guys doing? Oh, I'm gonna pet you. Uh, what were you saying? Oh, live yeah. experiences. Yeah, so live experience. So I threw a two-day uh, art installation slash pop-up shot back back in April. It was um, it was releasing um a spring summer collection and also uh, presenting this like art conceptual project called kill your ghosts. Um, and so basically we had a bunch of people come in. Um, the, I did a bunch of like murals and did like uh, an art installation um, at this venue up in Northern Liberties. And the first day we had like, I think four or five DJs play. And then the second day we had like live instrumentation and like two bands played. Um, what is uh what does kill your ghosts mean? Like what was the, so the whole concept behind it was a, the ghost was like this, this demon or sort of like uh kind of uh thought that like holds you back. And so the whole premise was like all these things kind of happen. There's so much noise in our heads and like oftentimes we're like our own worst critic. Um, and I think that can be accentuated, especially like in like social media world where like you're seeing all the highlights and the end results of everything. Not a lot of people are talking about, you know, the challenges that they have kind of leading up to those moments. And so I, uh, I met with like 50 local artists and entrepreneurs, uh, people who kind of put themselves out there and ask them to share like one of those like things that, that, um, like holds them back, like the self doubt, um, 
Don't do and it, so, Penny. Penny. Don't do it. Don't do it, Penny. Right. Should I take it from her? Yeah, you could take it. <laughs> I got to be the bad guy. Come here. I'm going to take it. Let's sit up here. I got the other message. She might even come up here to get it. <laughs> I'm going to leave this in too, Penny. You're going to be the star of the interview. <laughs> Um, so we met with like 50 different, uh, artists and entrepreneurs and asked them to share like a thought that holds them back. And we had them, um, like write that onto a balloon and then pop the balloon. And I saved all the balloons and like photographed that whole process and displayed all the photographs and like the balloons in this like art installation. Um, so it was kind of just a way for a bunch of like artists and people and entrepreneurs to connect and kind of, uh, create some sort of community around like, hey, we're all trying to like build these things that we don't know necessarily if it's gonna work out or not. Um, we're all kind of like going through the same sort of stuff. So what I always think, cause R Rami, my friend, R our friend Rami was a part of that as yeah. well, right? And yep. me and Rami have talked about, like he tries to do live experiences too. I'm, I'm going to one of his live events uh, tonight actually uh, for his new thing. But I always think like, cause everything is, obviously going online and going digital. Like I agree the way I look at it is, Oh, live experience. It's more personal. It's more, um, what's the word? I don't know what the word is, but like, it's, it's just more personal to you to kind of put a face, the name to be there, to experience it in person. But then at the same time, I feel like doing, asking that today is way more of a commitment than what it used to be because we're so used to just doing everything on our phones, yeah, or doing everything online that it's a bigger ask than it probably once was. So do you find that to be a challenge? Like, oh, hey, come to this event. And people are like, oh, like, hey, Matt, I support your brand. But like, I don't know if I can make it on Tuesday at eight o'clock. Yeah, like, yeah, it definitely is a big ask. And I think it's just like, I think you just have to keep doing it to start to build that interest. You know, like after, like that was a nine month project, art project where like, we purposely like I was meeting people individually for like an hour, two hours and we were just having a conversation. I wasn't even recording any of it, but just being able to meet those 50 people, like I made personal connections with those people who are now fans of the brand, you know, like, and will support the brand. And it's like, how do you make those connections online? Like, I don't know if you can really, you know, some people are going to support it, but um, I think people like, especially from buying decisions and like buying behavior, they make it off of emotion. And so if you can create that emotion that, or invoke that emotion through like an online process, I think it, that's awesome. But I think that like now brands are realizing that you can do that so much better and more effectively in person. And it just takes the investment to be able to do it. And I think like, at first, you know, like the first event that I ever had, like was like the one right before that. It was in a lot of like different factors go into it, but maybe 25 people showed up. So it was kind of just like not a big event, you know, like it was up in like North Philly. So it wasn't in like Center City or like a prime location or anything like that. And so you learn from those sort of things. Um, but I think you just have to like keep going through like, event after event until people start talking about it and people start noticing it you can you connect with more people i think like getting out there and showing support to other people who are also throwing events you know you get to start to see especially in philadelphia as compared to new york like it's pretty small like 
you see a lot of the same, like if you're going to a streetwear drop, you're going to see like a lot of the same people. And maybe you don't know those people by name, but like you recognize, everyone recognizes each other. So um, I think like in Philly, especially like just throwing events and like getting out there and like being social and networking and like supporting other people as well. Um, you, you start to start to build up like a community for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of what you were saying too, like how do you make a relationship online? I said this to someone else too, when I interviewed them, but I was like, before, like before you and me sat down now, we were just texting. Like, I have no idea, like really anything about you, but like now that we're meeting in person, it's like a different relationship. Like, yeah, it's not like we're, best friends or we hung out for hours or days or something, but just cause we hung out for like one hour, it makes like a huge difference. Yeah. I'm kind of old school like that. And even, even like the people I work with too, like on the brand, we're kind of old school of like, if we were going to like use like say a print shop, like we want to go to your print shop, see your operation, sit down with you, tell you, tell you like what we're trying to do, like what we, what we're about and start to build like a long-term relationship with you as opposed to transactions. And that way it's like, Hey, hopefully you know down the road as we start to grow we can grow with you as well i think that's especially true because i mean i've barely even tried to do the clothing stuff like i did it one time and i just literally did a local uh print shop in manhattan like right pretty much close to Times square so Mm. but i noticed and you probably know better than me because you've been doing it for a long time but I feel like like they have those places have like terrible online presence. Like it, every, if you find anything, it looks sketchy. It's like I don't know. It's weird, and I that definitely at least especially in that regard for when you're trying to make clothing or like those kind of shops. Like you, I think you definitely need to see it in person and meet those people because if you're just going offline, like from what I saw, I was like, yo, I don't trust any of these people. They all seem yeah. sketchy as hell. Yeah, hell yeah, man. And it's like, and it's also like when you're a young brand and you're trying to like meet minimums and and try some new things out that maybe they're not used to i think it goes a long way when even from their perspective of like who is this person trying to like tell me to make like x amount of shirts when i usually charge like you know for 50 shirts or something like that and they only want to make 20 shirts something like so it's like i think it goes a long way because a lot of people aren't going to make that extra effort to go in and just go have a conversation with somebody right uh so what do you think about like brick and mortar versus online retail. Like we're talking about the live experiences. Like, do you think there is still a place for brick and mortar? Like, is it always going to exist or do you think going forward it's going to weed its way out? I think it's always going to exist. And I think it's, I think the pendulum is starting to actually swing. I think because everything is so digital now, people are, are, are kind of like yearning for that physical sort of interaction. And the, I think the retail maybe like end product might look a little bit different. Like maybe there's boutiques with like certain amount of brands in it as opposed to like, just like one shop. But I think like having stores, like we're about to just drop at, at P's and Q's on South street, like having stores at like, like Ubik and Lapstone and Hammer and like, I guess like in New York, like a good company or like places where like people can really connect with like the brands as well as like the owners of the stores, I think is like really important because I think like you and Rami talked a lot about this is like just like creating a community. Um, I think it's just like maybe not easier, but uh, like having a physical space definitely helps being able to build that. And so can like these retail spaces create communities that 
you know, align with like the different brands that they're carrying and then just like collectively, you know, create a community around that. And, uh, for people that don't know, cause I, I, uh, and I was talking to Rami and he told me about the P's and Q's thing. And I didn't know this. So for people who also don't know, that's kind of a big deal. Like I'm not from Philly, but that's like a cool, that's a good store to be in. Yeah, definitely, right? man. So. It was like a dream come true. Like I've been, I've been going to that store for a while and like going to their events and, and it's been cool to, you know, that was definitely like, uh, a big milestone for the brand. And what was that and process personally. to get into the store? Uh, so they actually had over the summer, they had a competition where I believe like 20 brands came in gave them a pitch and then uh we came in and they selected us as the winner so we're going to be dropping our fall collection actually in a couple of weeks at the store so it's big from just even a brand awareness standpoint but even just like uh it just makes it more legitimate i think in people's minds you know being in a, a staple such as like p's and q's in philadelphia uh, is really dope you think that was the biggest like milestone for the company so far or do you think there was another time where yeah i think i think so i think we're still trying to figure out like we're i feel like just personally i guess as like the owner is like we're still trying to establish like our brand identity and i think that we're we're on the right path and we're starting to we're getting better each time. If you look at this, like where I started and then like where we are now, just like from a product standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, from just an online presence standpoint, I think um, it's all kind of like culminated into this, you know, like drop with P's and Q's. All right. This is my favorite question to ask. What's the biggest screw up you've had since you started doing all play? You can give me multiple if you screw up lot. several times. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where do you start? <laughs> uh, I know my, my first event, I actually didn't have any product. I only had like two sample t-shirts there uh, because the product wasn't ready in time. Um, so just like, that was like, I don't know whose fault that was. Maybe someone was on me, but also like, you would think it would be easy to get some t-shirts made, but uh, it's... So, so far i've always had issues with it um even for this one coming up like we've had issues on stuff because you got to rely on other people we were talking about that too before we started recording yeah it's exactly like, you got to rely on especially people you don't even people you know obviously it's still gonna happen but you don't know them it's like someone's gonna screw up somewhere like you yeah can't definitely anyone. and it's just like over communicating is is definitely the way to go and just like checking in with people and making sure like you have the same expectations, giving people deadlines and, and not kind of just being like, Oh, like I got a couple of weeks to do this. Like, no, I need it by this date, you know, and, and trying to negotiate, like, is there any sort of penalties if like it goes past that? And you know, you're a small brand too. So it's like, how much leverage do you have? Um, so you just like navigating that whole production process has been tough. Um, God, I'm trying to think of like all the things that have just gone wrong. <laughs> just a lot, a lot of little things, you know, things breaking or falling down. Like when you're about to set up, that could have been like 10 times worse than it really was. Like what ended up happening? Like we just did this like set design that had like this pretty big build out and like we didn't have this one thing secured. It was like this big metal rod and like we're packing up for the night. We're supposed to shoot the next day it falls over like as we're walking out the door and just like destroys half the set. And so it, like if people were standing there, that could have been a lot worse. Like people got, could have got hurt. And so it was just like little things like that, man. And I think, yeah, people not showing up, 
Like, but those things are kind of one. You should expect shit like that to happen. But two, I feel like it's uh, it's kind of better in a way because the only way you learn, like everything just goes smoothly. Then when something does go wrong, you're going to be kind of so you might as well screw up in the beginning more. Yeah, have to figure it out. And and when you're having events and everything, like like we you were saying, like having people. Uh, like a bunch of artists especially like i don't want to say all artists but like a lot of creatives like maybe deadlines aren't that important to them and so like just realizing hey (laughs) people aren't showing up like you know 10 minutes before they're you know like supposed to go on or like you know anything that involves like microphones and setting up production as well like a lot of things can go wrong there and and so like i think like you said it's like you try to plan for the worst and then there's going to be other things that come up that you didn't even think of and it's just all about rolling with the punches you know yeah that's probably the i think that might be the best skill to have in a way like something doesn't go the way you're expecting it to or according to plans like how do you adjust and yeah figure it out and especially like being so close to it too like there's little like minor details that are can seem like a big deal to you and your team just because like you're so close to it but from like the consumer and product standpoint like they won't even they won't even notice i think that's also good and bad though yeah uh because i feel like you're right like you're like oh my god like i didn't post this or i didn't do this or this shirt is missing you know something and nobody else notices but you and it pisses you off but then i also think sometimes people being like ignorant to those things are also ignorant to what goes into everything. Yeah. So like they just see the end result kind of, I think you've alluded to that before. Like people see the end result and they're like, all right, that's what it is. But nobody even, unless you're creative yourself or you're somebody who's trying to like an entrepreneur yourself, you don't stop to think of how much goes into like that shirt. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, it's just like, oh, there's a shirt with the thing on it. Like whatever. Like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. like even I do that, even like I respect people that do that, but even me, cause I'm not like always thinking about it. Like that's just what goes through my head. Like, oh, all right, nice shirt. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, you want $40 for that shirt? It's like, yeah, I do. Like <laughs> it took hours to design. Like it took hours for production. And it's like, we did two photo shoots, a video shoot and through this event where you're drinking free booze. Like, yeah, I want 40 <laughs> bucks. Like it's not like, if you think about it, it's like, you should be giving me more, Yeah, but it's like, yeah people don't like it that also like triggers something too is just like a lot of people see the end result and that's what they want like they want to you know be at the event you know wearing the gear and then like but if you ask and they're like oh i want to help out like how can i you know get involved and it's like oh you got to like go pick up the shirts like like up in like north philly or something like that and it's like you hear crickets back so it's right. just like people just like see the end result and they like want the lifestyle of like a designer or the owner of a company or the owner of a brand but it's like not just, a lot of people are willing to put the work in all the the stuff that goes behind the scenes you know yeah, they just want in their instagram bio and they yeah, post a few pics and exactly <laughs> i just want to put creative director in my right. instagram bio <laughs> uh does it does it bother you like we were actually talking about it i think I don't think we were recording and we talked about that, but we're talking about little Uzi being around like Philly and stuff like that, like yeah. still being around. And I was like, oh, like you should th- throw him a shirt. Like when you see him, like have it on. But that's something that kind of bothers me because the thought process behind that is, oh, give it to little Uzi. If little Uzi is wearing it, then people will like, oh, like then people will be cool to recognize it. But does it, because it bothers me. So I'm, I'm projecting my, like me getting mad about this to you to see you feel yeah. the same way. I see but the energy. It, is it like, is it does it bother you at all that it feels like you need a cosign or it feels like p- 
people need to be told that something's cool, that something's good without like deciding on their own? I think it's just human nature. Like from a strategy standpoint, from a branding standpoint, I think at some point we'll have to like maybe um, kind of cater to that. Um, but so far we're, we're trying to grow everything organically and I recognize that that's part of the game and like, it just feels grimy to be part of that game, you know, like to just kind of like just use somebody's influence to like, kind of like progress your own. Right. But that's the quick way to do it. But that's yeah, wants also. there's like a lot of like, track. yeah, social currency is a real thing. Yeah. You know, like I think people seeing somebody else who they admire or think that they are like, you know, it, it obviously helps in making a decision, especially a buying decision. Um, I think it's one strategy. I think it's part of the game, like the same way that like, getting followers and like having social media and all that is um we're still kind of trying to like find that balance you know um i think like doing like the kill your ghost event and and whatnot like meeting people like individually that was like kind of like going in the opposite direction of like the influencer instagram thing it was kind of like going old school and so we're kind of like going down that path of like well what's the opposite of what everyone is doing um and just seeing where that leads us i have no idea if it's going to work out you know but you gotta try it like yeah it just feels better to us i think and it, it aligns more with like our values as a brand but yeah we see it you know it's i think it's easy to get wrapped up in it you know but like re- i don't know relying on a celebrity to wear something for you like i don't know yeah it just feels just like ugh. yeah like it, it might just happen but yeah to try and like force the issue it's like one it's that's not authentic really exactly you know what i mean and two it's like yeah it's kind of like grimy I and, feel the same way. and i think you'll get you'll get what at least what i've heard is you get a lot of followers and maybe some attention and some pr and maybe that tangentially leads to something different but people aren't going to just like see uzi wearing something and just be like oh i'm gonna go like I think it takes more to like convert somebody, especially online to like go to your website and then like actually purchase something. Um, it has to like, kind of like, I think build up to like a head to, for people to do that as opposed to just seeing one photograph of like a celebrity wearing your, right. And I think people take for granted, like even just the steps of, Oh, I saw that figuring out what the brand is, going to the page, going to the website, looking, buying, like it seems very passive because it's on your phone, but people's attention spans are so little that to, even just to ask of that, like, hey, click a few buttons, it's it's kind of a lot. Yeah. People don't realize how difficult that is to convert people just to do that little thing. Definitely. Yeah. I think as if, if somebody sees somebody that they know wearing it, even if they're not a celebrity, but like someone who's actually like they have like a relationship with, I think that converts people more than actual like somebody that's like so far up on a pedestal like Uzi. Right. Um, so are you designing everything yourself? Yeah. You so do I'm doing designs? all the designs. Um, I use mostly like Illustrator, Photoshop. So doing all the designs, like sourcing all the blanks that we're, we print on and embroider on. How, who's we how many people do you have or so recently just like brought on one guy his name's jay uh shout out to him uh he's helping me out um more like on the marketing side of things but also like it's just the two of us so we kind of like have our hands in everything and do you like that like do you think like do you think you have you is that just a scale thing like i said that you only have two people or is it that you'd rather be more hands-on if that makes sense uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I definitely have like 
control issues, like I just like giving up that control. And so like learning how to do that. Um, but I also know that like some of these things, it, it like there's certain things that I'm good at and certain things that I'm not as good at. And so, uh, I think Jay compliments those sort of like attributes. Um, and so we work well, really well together and I kind of like what we were talking about earlier is it's tough to find somebody one that gets what you're doing and two can actually like execute. So it's like, we've worked together in the past. Like I trust him with like certain decisions and like his eye and taste on things. And so it makes it easier to be able to give up that control and also having somebody to like, you can sit in your house and just like think about something for so long and like never arrive at a decision. Just having someone else there to like be able to bounce ideas off of is like super helpful. And just like, I think the hard, like I was always looking for someone to come on and help with the brand, but it was just always, you never found that like reliable person with the same sort of, who was like on the same sort of wavelength. Yeah. Well, I think it's also hard. I talk about a lot with, I've talked with a few musicians I've talked to, they say kind of this similar thing where it's, it's hard to find somebody who like, it's your thing, like it's your company. So it's hard to find somebody to be even half as motivated as you to work on it when it's not their thing. Like they don't have that like personal connection to it. So that makes it a little more, uh, difficult to find someone like that i think that's where the reliability issue always comes in definitely philosophical question what i think i talked about this with rami too what makes somebody an entrepreneur if i if i uh make a design on photoshop and i give it to uh some place where they just like will print one of one someone goes online pays it and i sell one shirt Am I an entrepreneur now? Like at what point, what do you think classify someone as like this person makes them an entrepreneur? Like doing that makes you an entrepreneur. I think it does. I think if you like stand outside the stadium and sell pretzels and waters, I think you're an entrepreneur. But I think there's levels and I think there's a different, there's difference between a brand and a business. I think you'd be an entrepreneur that just like hustles and and sells a bunch of different stuff. And maybe it's just like very transaction based like that. But I think I think it's a lot harder to own a business and actually build a like a brand. Like this thing that has is its own life outside of you. But don't you think <clears throat> that term then gets used too loosely if you kind of they're you consider both an entrepreneur? Like you could have somebody who does something like what you're doing and they're taking a huge financial risk and putting all their money into it versus someone, you know, maybe their, uh, fit, their parents are funding it versus someone, you know, it's like, there's so many levels, but then everyone on their Instagram is like, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. So it's like, are you really yeah. an entrepreneur? If I'm comparing you to that person's also an entrepreneur, like how are they equivalent? I feel you. I think it's like kind of similar to like artists. Like when you, when you say you call somebody an artist, like, we were talking about earlier and it was like, yo, that guy's like an artist, artist. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, if I draw something on Photoshop and like, it's beautiful, is that art? But it's not like in person sort of thing or like, you know, it's not like painted on a canvas. Right. Like, So I, I think it's like kind of similar, you know, like analogous where it's like entrepreneur can mean like so many different things. I actually just like, yeah, I don't know. 
I try not to get wrapped in the whole labels thing. It's like, if you're going to go do your thing and call yourself an entrepreneur and you're just like doing this one-off thing, like that's cool. Like people are going to, people are going to see what you're doing and make their own decisions. So you don't mind if someone says they're an entrepreneur and you're like, ah, you're not really like, you don't ever want to check. You know, you're not go- probably not going to, but you don't ever feel like, ah, like I want to check that person. Like you're not really like, you don't really put in as much work. I feel like, cause yeah, I, I think, think you, a lot of I think you can like kind of tell right away. Yeah. You know, do you, I think like some people can, but I think some people don't. Yeah. Some people are oblivious to it. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, it, just, it goes back to that thing. Like you put entrepreneur and you're like, yeah, and your and your, Instagram, and bio. your Instagram bio, and I click on your link, like you can kind of tell what's happening right, right away. <laughs> yeah, I would just feel like a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or have their own or trying to build their own brand or something take a lot of pride in it. Yeah, so then it comes into like I don't know what the emote what the right word for like the emotion is, but you just kind of like recognize it more, and you're like that person's not like it's almost like you take it personal. Yeah, if someone says that, and you recognize that they're not putting in. Or they didn't take the same risk or not putting the same work or yeah the hours like of the work thing. it's yeah. like the, yeah yeah i guess like at first you're just kind of just like man i don't know what this person is talking about but right. it's also distracting the, probably at the same time this is like yo if you're an entrepreneur and you have time to like worry about that type of shit then like <laughs> yeah you should be doing <laughs> you should be doing you should right. be focusing on some other stuff yeah that's another thing too that's probably my problem is i always get like i'm too focused on like what other people are doing where yeah. it's almost like you should just not worry about them let them do their thing. Just do your own thing. Just like kind of figure it out. Yeah, definitely, man. I think that's like something that we're all battling these days, you know, with the accessibility of Instagram and like social media and everything. It's just like always, that was kind of like what that kill your ghost thing was all about. It was yeah. like, it's always in your face. Like you can't turn it off. Like, right. and especially you got to play the marketing game. Like you have to participate in this whole process. And so it's like, you can't escape it even if you want to. And so I think it's just like no matter where you are in that process like if you've made it like you're a brand that's like say being carried nationwide or even worldwide like you're still there's always going to be that person either that's like saying they're doing the same thing as you and they're not really doing it or like they're doing it better than you and you're like oh wow how do they have this whole thing figured out but nobody knows what the hell they're doing so yeah yeah nobody knows what they're doing yeah that's that's definitely true what's the best advice anyone's ever given you I don't know if this is the best advice, but this is something that keeps on like popping its head up is I heard this one guy, I forget where it was from, but he said, I pay to learn and I get paid because I know. And so I've been using that as like a way to make decisions off things where it's like, should I pay to basically invest in myself and take a chance? And you basically have to learn it yourself. And then eventually down the road, if you know and get good at it, you get paid for it. And so the whole brand thing and like, it's easy, I think, to make short-term decisions, to make a couple bucks to like keep things going. But I think the tough decisions, that that like phrase right there just makes it easier to make long-term decisions. I like that. I never heard that before. If you could, if you could go back to any one point and redo something, doesn't even have to be like strictly like while you've been doing all play, but like any part of like post-college. I mean, initially I would say yes, but 
I think, man, I think to get kind of like philosophical, I think everything happens to you for a reason and like the timing of things, like they may seem bad when it happens, but it usually in retrospect, it makes sense. If you, if you get me like, of course I would love to have started this, you know, not being 30 years old, like the, especially in the clothing brand game and like, that's kind of old, you know, but like, I wouldn't have the perspective and be telling the story from the perspective that I have right now, unless, you know, I went through what I went through in my twenties. And so, um, I, it like this whole brand would look completely different, you know, if this, I started it seven, eight years ago, you know, and even just like the decisions that I make from a branding standpoint would be completely different. So if I change that, then it would just be like, a complete like i don't know like that's yeah. some like back to the future shit so it's like <laughs> i think you know i wouldn't change anything man because i think like good bad everything happens for for a reason so right you might not be at this point like who knows yeah further along or not yeah exactly you don't know and that's why like even man like getting in the p's and q's thing like going into that before we found out that we won even it was like i was talking to jay i was like Hey man, that's cool. Like, it's cool. Like we put our, like, I feel good with like the foot that we put forward and like the way we presented it. And I was like, if it, if it was meant to be, it's meant to be. And if not, we're just gonna keep moving, you know, like we're, we kind of have a good idea on like what we're trying to do. And so it's like, maybe like timing is also a factor in this whole thing. Like maybe like the product that we're putting out isn't good enough yet. Like maybe we're just not ready for this, you know? And so if it doesn't work out, like we're just going to keep getting better. We're just keep doing our thing. And I think just like having that North star definitely helps out. All right. What can, what can we expect from all play? So we're dropping a new collection, uh, on September 20th. I'm not sure when this is coming out, but in a couple of weeks, sure either. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta we'll talk to your editing guy. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll talk to him. Um, so in a couple of weeks we're, we're dropping a new collection. Uh, we're going to, uh, again, like install, do like a little art installment, like kind of transform the store make it interactive. Um, we're doing a full collection this time. Last, last collection was maybe four pieces, four or five pieces in different colorways. This is like a 10 piece collection, full collection. We're starting to get on the fashion calendar. So like doing consistent drops throughout the year. And what types of stuff? So we got tees, long sleeves, hoodies, hats, pants. Uh, we're starting to think about getting into like cut and sew. So actually like creating product from scratch. Um, so that's, that's the future right now. And like I said, we're just continuing to, you know, try to grow organically, try to build a community, try to find more people to collaborate. Like collaboration is a big thing for us. Um, like on this, ne this, this next project that's about to drop, we did put uh, some visuals as well as like a score to those visuals together. And we had like four or five different like recording artists, like do some production and lay some vocals on top of that. Um, so like continuing to, you know, grow that, that base and continuing to like grow our like community of collaborators and spotlighting like their talents is important to us. So we're just going to keep doing that and then hopefully maybe expand to some other cities. So and where the, the near term goals, at least where can I find it? 
So you can find us at allplay.us and then we're also underscore or allplay underscore on Instagram and um, soon you'll be able to find us at P's and Q's on South Street in Philadelphia. Nice. I'll put that all in the notes of the show so right. people can get to it. Um, we got to do music recommendations. Music right? recommendations. Yeah. All right. I'll Last give you thing. a couple. Uh, so Philly artists, I'm going off top of mind. So there's this new artist called Rigo. There she go. She's a... Say, wait, say it again. Rigo is her name. Um, she goes by Rigo. There she goes. Oh, okay. You like pause. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, is that right, Rigo. There she, she goes. Yeah. Okay. Um, she has a crazy ass sound. She just dropped an EP. Um, I think like she's got the charisma too, like as a performing artist. Um, so she's got a big buzz coming, coming from Philly. Um, who else? I always got to like go through my Spotify to like figure out who I've been listening to. <laughs> Do it. Penny zonked. Yeah. What have we been listening to? Uh, this summer, the Skepta album. Ooh, Skepta is good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Do you listen fan. to grime in general or like a lot or nah? Uh, probably like the past couple of years. Yeah. I got into it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got into it probably the last couple of years. Yeah. I feel like people don't really like pay attention to it oh, too much, much, but yeah. it's like a whole different. Oh yeah. Um, and it's been going on for a while. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's crazy. You think like, oh, this is like new, but it's like, yeah. it's been its own thing for so long. Yeah, definitely. I think like that crossover, you know, like people like ASAP Rocky and like, Virgil Abloh and all that, like kind of like playing a lot of their music yeah, and like Drake, American, yeah, Drake, yeah, Drake, Drake was big, yeah, like that. yeah, because he had that gigs yeah. verse on his album. Um, what's we been listening to? I'm a big Blood Orange fan, dude. Blood Orange's last album was so good, yeah, so good, yeah. His last two albums were crazy. And I love this last one though. Yeah, the one already. that he just released. Like, yeah, I forget what it's called though already. Yeah, it, sucks. it was a few weeks ago, or not a few weeks ago, like a month or two. Yeah, ago, yeah, you know? it was the one after the so um, Black Swan, right? Yeah, the one after that. Those were all Lucy's. Like, really? Yeah, Dude, like he wasn't gonna release them. I thought it was so good. <laughs> what sucks is too. So like, I'm a big Tyler the Creator fan. I'm going okay. to see him at Madison Square Garden next week, actually, which will be probably after when this comes out. But I'm going to see him, and it's. Jaden Smith or it's Gold Link is with him, That's and dope. then it's either Jaden Smith or Blood Orange, and I like Jaden Smith, and I've also seen him a couple times live, mm. so I was hoping it would have been Blood Orange was going to be there, but it's going to be Jaden Smith. So uh, kinda like, I thought I was going to get to see him live. You would think that he'd want to do New York. Yeah. He's playing Madison Square Garden. You said Tyler's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be crazy. Yeah. That'll be a dope show. Yeah, I feel like seeing Blood Orange live would be cool. Yeah, that would be dope. Gold Link's dope though too. Yeah, his last album was good too. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I guess that's it. Sick, yeah. Else? All right. Cool. So Matt. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. Man. Thanks for having me on. This was, or having me on. Thank you for coming on. This was awesome. Uh, everyone go by all play and I'll put all the links in there so everyone can find it. Um, and good luck with everything. Cool. I'll, appreciate it, man. Maybe, and go to P's and Q's and find it there. Hell yeah. All right.